This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते चाहे आंधी आए तूफान आए या डिमोनेटाइजेशन आए वेलकम एवरीबॉडी टू एपिसोड ऑफ हफ्ता फाइव शॉट ऑफ हंड्रेड एंड वी आर स्टिल लुकिंग एट योर सजेशंस ऑफ व्हाट वी शुड डू वी हैव सम ग्रेट सजेशंस बिफोर आई गेट इनटू द लिस्ट ऑफ थिंग्स यू डिस्कस आर गेस्ट टूडे इज कंचन गुप्ता वेलकम कंचन दैंक यू मोस्ट ऑफ यू ऑलरेडी नो हिम ही इज अ जर्नलिस्ट विद मेनी मेनी ईयर्स इन द गेम is it okay to call it a game kanchanda of course it's a game of course it's a game so you've been with the pioneer uh now you are with abp yeah and uh, is that because all bongs only will work for anand bazar patrika ha huh? no no it's just <laughs> it just so happened okay so uh those of you have read his writing he is a regular commentator on anand bazar patrika he's written for news laundry as well um he has been in the game for 40 years now 38 38 38 years now Uh, other panelists include Madhu Trehan, editor in chief. Hi, Madhu. Hello. Manisha Pandey, award-winning journalist. Hi. Anand Ranganathan, award-winning scientist. Hello. Deepanj Napal, award-winning survivor. And Abhinandan Sekri, award-winning nothing. <laughs> so, when the public pays, the public is served, and corporations pay, corporations are served. Please write in with your comments on contact at News Laundry. Leave your abuse on my Twitter timeline, and do follow us on uh, Facebook and do subscribe. Let's get straight into this, Kanchanda. Let's first put aside the right versus left on Twitter. We had that little chat on, you know, the uh, in the U.S. Trump's victory, what it means to the right, and I was of the view that only one of what we disagreed on was only one of the two candidates indulged in, you you know, using abuse as a, uh, which is why I denounce him. Oh, I'm no fan of Hillary's, but for me, Trump is completely untouchable because the kind of things he said. You don't agree. Tell us why. Uh, you see, uh, unfortunately, both the candidates were pretty bad this time, and it's it's a it's a poor reflection on of the world's oldest democracy mm. that they should throw up two such utterly rotten candidates. Now, having said that, uh, this is not the first U.S. election where candidates have hurled. abuse and accusations at each other i'm forgetting now but there was one particular election uh, where one of the candidates would be chased by groups of children and they would be taught to call him daddy 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 so it's happened in the past hmm. now were they nasty to each other of course they were nasty to each other hillary was more cautious about the words which she would use but her followers made up more than for it end of the day i think uh, what we need to keep in mind once elections get over a lot of the stuff which is said during elections is also forgotten and uh, the establishment takes over evidently i mean uh, as fox the that lady anchor who he had gone at trump megan kelly. kelly megan kelly she went at uh, one of trump's spokesperson saying that now uh, hilly won't go to jail now she's a nice woman and all that you know those things are forgotten you're right i mean he's actually like announced our government, he's actually like announced trump has announced it yeah trump no, no, has he, announced he that he announced not, it that he's not going he's to, not going to pursue the yeah. case and that's why i said it's just like our government we heard so much during the 2014 campaign and Badra. as soon as the government was formed uh, the prime minister formally stated that he wouldn't waste his time pursuing these cases yeah, but, but he is building the wall and there is an immigration no it's become a fence 
No, 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 no. A large part of it is a wall. wall, There is a fence already. No, but but he is building the wall and the immigration uh, deportation control policy has been put in place. But it's not what exactly he promised. But I don't want to get into the exact details of the policy. You know, what I have a serious problem with the right, and you're one of the few people who do in some sense represent, you're a social liberal, but I guess a conservative, uh, an economic conservative. Uh, What a problem I have is, too many people in the right, especially in India, who are in a hurry to hurry to hurry to claim Trump or anywhere else, like Breitbart. I hadn't heard of this magazine till this Bannon guy's, you know, uh, was became chief advisor to the president. I went to Breitbart and I saw the kind of stuff it has that how women's liberation movement was the biggest disaster for America. How women should not have been given the washing machine. I mean, about abortion is, also. It is, yeah, it, it's. But I see too many in the right justifying that stuff. I can. There's certain basic values that are not liberal values. And I don't understand how how one can say that, yeah, but in policy he hasn't said anything. He hasn't endorsed anything. If you provide a platform to such things, and I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's um, uh, you know, elitist to call out uh, bigotry. And a lot of it is like, you know, left is elitist. I don't think there's any elitist to call out, let's say, you know, there's, there's some ridiculous customs that Islam has of, chopping up hands or the triple talaq. It is a barbaric and a primitive custom. Similarly, there are certain things that are human values and liberal values. Why does the right justify those? I don't understand that. No, I don't think there is a collective justification of it. So I don't think everybody is justifying it. Now, you have to also contextualize how Breitbart came up. You know, I'm the whole alternative news media because we had a situation where the New York Times, the venerable New York Times, till the day of the elections, the day voting actually happened, they said Hillary had a 92% chance of winning the election. We had CNN routinely misleading its viewers in retrospect. And we can go on and on and on. In such a situation, if there is an alternative platform that comes about, it is bound to have stuff in parts that are outrageous. As far as bigotry is concerned, you know, I have often wondered when does, you know, it's all about good bigotry and bad bigotry. Like good terrorism and bad terrorism. What is good bigotry? like you, you say that if you vote against Killery, uh, sorry, if you, I didn't want to use Killery. <laughs> Killery. No, no, Killery was one of the words yeah. which Breitbart used. Breitbart used, used yeah. So, uh, so if you were to vote against Hillary, hmm. it would be a vote for misogyny. Now, this is absolutely atrocious. I may not want to vote Hillary for 20 other reasons, but... Uh, not any one of them would be that I hate women. Hmm. So how can you call me a misogynist just because I don't vote, uh, vote for Hillary? Fair enough. I mean, I, I don't think anyone doubts that. So that's that. also bigotry. No, no well, that's good bigotry. No, no, I, no, I would say that is, uh, you know, brushing everyone with the same brush. But to endorse the kind of stuff Breitbart endorses or to, like, for example, for me, it's lost. And everyone, please come in. Don't just sit and watch me and... Kanchan that talk. So it's too intimidated. The, 
you know like for example when he mocked that uh, differently able reporter on on camera trump or when he no, says no, about a girl all that, all that really is not you know worth discussing because that's wrong that's bad that's deplorable yeah for me that's a game changer uh, what i'm saying is what i'm trying to understand is i don't think on policy i really have a merit to either of their policies i don't think america is going to change radically no matter who becomes president just the video and audio for man you know as a 10 year old girls walk past say i'll be dating her in few years she's bloody 10 yeah saying you know mocking a person who's differently able those that seals the deal doesn't matter whether he is going to become satyavadi harishchandra what i'm trying to say is why does such stuff get relegated to the sidelines in several quarters in the right maybe it's just maybe people who are liberal are superficial but for me that's that's a deal breaker i cannot no but you listen. see i don't want it, it, it's it's one of those games where you will say this is wrong and i will say this is wrong hmm. and the list then becomes longer and longer and no, longer no but there are extremes i mean there's something which you can sort of slightly disagree on but there are some issues such as what the kind of examples that abhinandan has given uh, these are extreme situations uh, mocking somebody physically uh, f- for being disabled and uh, saying that i'm going to date this little 10 year old in a couple of years 10 years from now i mean that is is beyond game changer it's a person's character and and it's despicable i would also like to recommend while we're talking a podcast that i was listening to a, a new yorker podcast in which it's actually about zadie it's an interview with a discussion with zadie smith who i'm a great fan of but before she comes into the podcast there's a fascinating conversation with a conservative uh discussing exactly these issues uh, and how he found it difficult to vote for hillary and it sat in his inbox because he was doing it online or whatever for 3 days before he actually decided to do it because as a republican and as a conservative he did not want to vote for hillary and this discussion i would highly recommend but because it, but it's an intellectual conservative who discusses exactly these issues about the problems he had with trump kanjana yopis then we'll move on to the next just, subject just a quick comment on this mm. uh, you know this whole thing that i am a republican and i am uncomfortable with donald trump i, I have heard this also we were in goa and uh, for the india ideas conclave and uh, in one of the sessions we had an american Who, uh, who, what was he representing which think tank sorry i missed that session i think okay <laughs> hmm. uh, so he began by saying that i am a republican voter but i won't be voting for trump because trump doesn't stand for this 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 of course yes trump does not stand for the establishment and he won because i mean he didn't win the largest number of votes but he won the presidency he didn't win it as a republican he ran, won it as an outsider as an outsider hmm. and because he was constantly positioning himself as being against everything that the establishment stood for and the establishment is not only democrats but also republicans hmm. and every registered or every uh, well known republican was therefore uncomfortable with trump who sure. was questioning them see abhinandan i i don't agree with trump's these uh, snide comments mm-hmm. and you know about uh, a disabled person or this or that but what really is the most interesting 
part of this election is that there's such a vast section of America which actually subscribes to his larger message. No doubt. And, and that... I get that. That sort of kills quite a few conventional views we were led to believe were, uh, were true about America and American society. I get and American that. Politics I completely get that. American and in fact, culture. there's a very nice podcast which I recommended earlier about this lady who's written a book after spending a lot of time with voters. Anuvab wrote a very nice piece yep. with the family he spent some time on, on News Laundry. What I don't get, so I get why people would want to vote for Trump or seems to, what I don't get is how the kind of comments I spoke about are not deal breakers. Like for me, you know, but that's what I mean. That this that's not a, a deal breaker. So that, there's uh, such that a huge, me. That's there's such a huge section of American society. It either resonates with them or they see nothing or wrong with it. it. One of the things that happened, or maybe they see something wrong with it, but not enough for them to, to condemn him. To condemn. Yeah, post result, it was interesting to see the whole bank of liberal news organizations that had been publishing all kinds of negative stories about Trump when they went into the introspection part post-election in all the news, these liberal newspapers and magazines, what one saw was that they were making a case for, we didn't hear them. We didn't yes. hear the people. I think Farid we Zagari did not did a great listen job of that. to what was on the ground. We were projecting our own liberal views on people. And this is the thing that I think it also happens in India, that politicians really forget to listen to what is happening on the ground and they only listen to people around them. Oh, even the media has been accused of that. But honestly, I think everyone flogs themselves too much on that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I remember, who's got it right? When AAP won Delhi the first time, they had given them two seats, they won 28. The second time they had given them like 10 seats, they won 67. No one's got anything right. I think so that though, I don't expect anyone to get it right. But anyway, let's... But uh, I mean, sorry, just one thing. Um, polling and not being able to predict re election results is a separate problem entirely. Yeah. The image that Trump does have, though, of being anti-establishment is something that I'm, and completely at a distance, I'm fascinated by. This is a man who's just bringing every Washington lobbyist in. All of his recommendations are people who have ha either been in power before and uh, one can argue about how they've worked, etc. But they are not by any stretch out yeah. of the establishment. And I think what is most entertaining is what morning. he did the night after he was elected. Uh, he doesn't want to move into the White House. At least he's not excited about it. Mm. He wants to stay in his gilded, gilded gold. Maybe if it was slightly more orange. So then uh, on the first night, he decides like any New Yorker that he wants to go out and eat in a restaurant with his family. So without telling the Secret Service, without telling anyone, he just hops into the car and into his car and is the whole family is driving off and suddenly everyone the secret service the um, uh, the uh, press uh, the press they all left the, okay, what the, happened now no, what no, no, I no, secret was, service can i just compare it yeah. let me complete it reminds me of the time when abdul kalam was in in the pres was president and uh, there's a story i heard from someone who'd gone to see him uh, they were coming out of his room and uh, this person heard the two guards talking. Because he was without <laughs> ceremony. He, wasn't, he wouldn't walk with pomposity. He would just go wherever he liked in Rashtrapati Bhavan. And they were supposed to keep guard of him. But they, they, they said, Ke iska 
इसको बहुत मुश्किल है इसका संभालना this just shows that he is not going to be transparent and his yeah, presidency how did he leave us out how, did he, he, how dare he leave us <laughs> out i agree that was ridiculous i agree that was ridiculous overreaction but there's a fantastic article on how when he met the rest of the tv bosses he said it's going to be an off the record meeting and he trashed them and then he leaked the news that he trashed them and new york times didn't meet him on his terms they cancelled they said it's not going to be off the record uh, it's an interesting piece anyway we'll move on to the next which, we have which, a long which, list which piece in new york times no this is in the daily beast uh, the link is below but i'll tell you we've had got a packed week of news the last two haftas have just been dominated by demonetization so i want to give minimum demonetization time this time kanjana's here so we'll get his view because we've had demonetization for like 3 weeks now there's nothing else in the news but there's lots more that happened two of the worst interviews i've seen one was uh, rajdeep with uh, sonia gandhi and i'd like to know what the two most accomplished journalists on our panel have to say about that also i thought shekhar gupta shekhar gupta's interview with ramdev uh, was equally bad i was shocked i think mr gupta is resorting to anything to get eyeballs he's trying to be the buzzfeed uh then zakir naik sanjeev banned uh, and they fire against him one news that has get got crowded out is telangana chief minister's 40 crore house i don't know whether you saw the visuals of that i think this man has got to be the greediest and that's there's keen competition in that i haven't seen a man so shamelessly splurge navjot sidhu joins congress and that is navjot sidhu's wife is also called navjot sidhu uh, the bands brothers break away from awaaze uh, punjab the z chairman's tweets i want to discuss mr subhash chandra and any other news piece which uh, you have train the, the train yeah, accident that was really that's big that's the last one the kanpur train accident which also didn't get as much hmm. time that it would have it got otherwise So, ladies, why don't you start, and then we'll come to Kanjana that way. Anand hasn't spoken at all. Anand, no, why don't no, you start? Uh, let's let's just be. He's get, sandwiched between Manisha and me this time. It's very sad. <laughs> shall we get done with the interviews first? No, let's talk about the train accident first. Oh, okay, fine. Go Because ahead. for the simple reason that uh, 146 people died ultimately. Yes. Um, it's one of the highest uh, casualties that we've seen, and it was appalling how little we talked about it. Well, it did. I'll just tell the viewers, and then you guys can just critique it. It was the Indore to Patna train which derailed, and uh, two bogies were completely smashed. That's it happened on Monday this week. Madhu. So what? Besides the horrific footage and everything, which is of course heartbreaking and difficult to watch, but um, especially the crushed, it was really difficult to watch. Um, what was notable was the speed at which the compensation was announced by all uh, parties center anyone who could so and and it i'm okay with it because if people are getting uh, getting something out of these uh, politicians that's all right but the it was so crass Was so yeah, you could so tell that election season is exactly. almost upon us yeah, the fact so that they were paid in old notes No, 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 no. That was for the. You see, if for the injured, you gave them old currency, which was good because they could go to a chemist or a hospital, and there the no old notes would. Work. Private hospitals aren't accepting. Yeah, old and notes. I don't know no, because no. there's still news about private hospitals not accepting. And private no, hospitals actually, purpose, I, mean, so. I I agree with the fact that private hospitals should not be allowed to accept no uh, old notes, because uh, what from what I've heard is that there are. 
uh, as soon as this was announced, there were smaller hospitals, nursing homes, who started the scam right away. Sorry, seven, eight members of the family, their operations, Ma procedures, and receipts were now. Yeah, so right, madam. And started laundering it right away. In our locality, so I think that was a good thing to stop private hospitals. Come back to the railway accident. The sad thing is that uh, the, the last big accident was when the uh, Maoists uh, blew up the blew tracks. Blew up, yeah. And uh, th that was horrific. But this, they are yet to find out the reason. Possibly it was the tracks uh, which had cracked or whatever. So somewhere, whichever government does it, the government will probably lose the next election. But somewhere, and every party wants the other party to take this call. Someone has to take this call that we have run the railways like a, like a charity. I'm using the word charity in a very loose sense right. uh, for far too long. And A, there should be an immediate process of hiving off the railways. I mean, let the government not manage it. B, tell people you want to take a trip on a train. You have to pay, a, 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 you have to buy a ticket which will cost you something that really uh, can cover the cost, cover the, cost the actual cost but of the travel. But would that not make it uncompetitive vis-a-vis -vis airline? Because even at the last race, there were some air routes where the airline was at par with the... You look like, at Eurorail. Yeah, yeah. Eurorail now charges at par with uh, European yeah, airlines. Yeah, but then that's Eurorail. Like, for example, I go to Dehradun often. So, if I go by Shatabdi, executive class, and if I fly, it's pretty much the same. But yeah. the experience is not the same. No, then the people decide whether they want to fly or they want to... So, I'm but I think ask. one can only start charging those amounts when the public sees that there is a certain amount of effort going into the upkeep. And what is patently obvious... That's a chicken and egg story, which comes first, first the money or the service. You can, you can come up with the service first and people will say, well, for 10 rupees, if I can get this, why should I pay 200 rupees? But we are paying. That's the point, right? When you're taking the train to Shatabdi on executive class, just as when you're this taking... This wasn't a Shatabdi train. I'm aware mm. of this, but that doesn't change the fact that the tracks and the infrastructure are kind of the same. No. But coming back to the accident, do you think, because you commented it didn't get enough play, um, you think... Uh, Demonetization booted that out as well, even in the third week. I mean, demonetization yeah. has probably the biggest hit since Shole. Third week, we're still talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, no, A, it totally did. I also appreciate the fact that it is very difficult to cover tragedies like this, but my God, it's, uh, it's kind of cringe inducing how um, we deal with disaster journalism as well. Uh, sticking a mic under a person's <clears throat> nose when they are all wrapped up bloody and weeping for their family who have died and are in stretchers behind them is not the best time to say aapko kaisa lag raha hai yeah i saw that, that and then in fact yes and the journalist realized what he or she had asked banned in journalism ke aapko kaisa lag raha hai they put that it in a widow's face and a person who's lost their child kaise lag raha hai guess kya lag raha hai no but i'm waiting for something to ask me thing. what do you ask right that is a question reporters are a product of our environment if even a tragedy like this no, they were they, while they were villagers who were helping they were villagers who were looting as well dude let's face it there is a certain amount of disgusting barbarism in our society if you can loot when the dadri plane crash happened here near delhi hmm. who remembers 
people picking up arms and legs and taking off watches and stuff i mean come on guys i mean report kaisa lag raha is hardly something as bad as the kind of stuff you see anand you're too quiet dude i'm no, getting no, worried I'm you have not this spoken at all <laughs> what do you want to comment on take your pick of all the things we discussed no i think uh, of course the reason has been for the last 3 weeks is the demonetization thing and i think that has kind of clouded every other event and that itself is strange for uh, news consumption is that you find that one huge event happens and then everything else that had been you know people had been talking about for months uh starting from intolerance and you know be even so many other issues they suddenly go you know just evaporate and, and in fact demonetization took a huge gloss away from even the presidential elections i would say because it was the same night i think the voting yeah. was on 8th and he came on the 8th yeah. and the 9th was the thing so um so yeah and uh, the whole point is you this is a uh, unfolding disaster okay this is not a disaster that has happened and then you can talk about it and it will go away generally what happens is that a dis- terrible disaster happens and you talk about it for two days and I then don't the i'm talking about demonetization so okay demonetization okay yeah. so in fact this is like a you know to call it a train wreck would be uh, too small in my estimate so this is an unfolding disaster this is going to happen continue for the next month at least what's so going to continue demonetization disasters the disaster that is demonetization no, side effect much smaller now It's not about the lines anymore. Oh, Madhu. it's not a matter of lines. It's not about the lines because, because no of there are so many other yeah, reasons. Yeah, there's no yeah. cash. One is there is no cash. The other is that uh, the I mean, you know, seventy percent of trucks are off the roads. By the way, lakhs and lakhs like of Indian people have not been paid their uh, salaries. Mm. Uh, Assam tea workers. So many. I mean, tens. The whole point is that it is astonishing. I'm sorry am I speaking too much No no go ahead finish your thought cuz I know Kanchandal have something to say Yeah uh, what is astonishing is that people expected demonetization to have an effect on the economy but not as it is happening now because the effect what they thought was because of course a huge component of our economy is black economy some people say ranging from 20 to as much as 70% that there'll be a slowdown but people did not expect the effect that it's having ha- having on the economy is because of the cash crunch and the absolute callousness and mediocrity of the implementation kanchanda what do you have to say to that and after that manisha please tell us about the train wreck because we've digressed kanchanda you'll have something to say i i think uh, uh, i have heard enough of this thing about uh, india late waste ever since demonetization monetization was announced it it it, it won't work that way there were uh, gaps those gaps have been taken care of for instance Uh, there was a serious issue about dealing with farmers it's the sowing season and four measures which were taken that they can take out 25000 per week uh, mandi payments can be taken out uh, you can buy seeds with old money and the last one which they did was that uh, cooperative outlets yes. will have to be stocked with cash so that they can draw loans from there so that's that's really i think uh, the 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 main argument of uh, the doomsayers was what will happen to the rabi season now if you have taken care of that as far as tea garden workers are concerned which anand mentioned uh, in west bengal i know for a fact tea garden workers haven't been paid for years not for months or not for days or not for weeks 
And the chief minister of that state comes and demonstrates in Delhi against demonetization and how it's going to affect the poor of the country. West Bengal is a state where you actually were on the verge of food riots a couple of years ago. But does that justify the... It's not a question of justifying. I'm not justifying anything. If there are lapses in the implementation, it's for the government to explain and I will be happy to question the government on that. But as far as the principle but of... But you're convinced the long-term view it will be beneficial for the long, Not long-term. I'm convinced in the medium term it will be, be best for the country, it will be best for the people. We need to move away from a cash-based economy to a cashless economy. And in India, often a shock therapy works. You now have a sabzi wala applying for and getting a Paytm machine. You, you now have a, I, today I saw a photograph of this famous uh, Chole Bhature stall in Gurgaon who's got a Paytm machine. So it will happen. Urban may, but uh, I, yeah. sorry, I, I'll just add to that. See, the question is, Dada, if I may uh, disagree with you slightly, which is no, that. Please disagree entirely. <laughs> the, the question isn't whether demonetization is bad or good. I, for one, think that it is a good idea, it's a good step. But it is again, and you know, Abhinandan comes to me all the time that you know, you see only black and white, you don't see the grey. Okay. <laughs> so the point is, this was not an either or. If you did not have the money to swap 14 lakh crores of currency that you completely, uh, you know, made illegal, you don't do this. You don't go into demonetization. No, that's, that's all. That's the point which I have been making again and again. That nobody seems to get this sum right. There was 14, almost 15 lakh crore. Currency notes yeah. in circulation. Circulation is quote-unquote. Yeah. That means it was out there somewhere. Now, we don't know how much of it was actually illicit money. Right. Yes, we don't is, know how much of that was actually fake currency. Now, I'm, 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 I, I'm not an economist, but therefore I will choose to go with what uh, the official statistics are. The official statistics say that between 2010 and 2015, the Indian economy grew by 30%, the total cumulative growth. Mm. And the currency in circulation grew by 70%. And nearly all of it was high-value currency notes. And now when you are saying that 86% uh, of the Indian currency or Indian uh, the total value money of the currency out there. has been... Uh, um, declared illegal, what it really means is that 86% of the total value of the cash yes. which was in circulation. Hmm. That means 86% of the currency notes in circulation were, were 1,000 rupee notes and 500 yes. rupee notes. <coughs> yes. yes. I mean, that, that, that's absurd. That is, that is wholly untenable, unacceptable. But they're replacing those with high value. So, but, no, so it's no, not but, like no, but you don't the best thing is, why you people are getting your sum wrong, the government does not need to replace 15 lakh of crore course. Yeah. Of course, currency they don't. notes. Yes. So already, I think about 5 lakh crores has, have been deposited. No, uh, deposited, yes. Yes, yeah. so we are looking at uh, uh, roughly around half of that 15 lakh crore will finally turn up for replacement. So the government really does not have to replace 
50% of the currency which was in fair no, no, way, let's move on to this okay. from this we no, done I, this some needed to be explained fair to enough. your no, no, also i one is, more from your point of view is digital money is faster as in it moves faster rather than cash so if there's more people have moved into digital the amount of money that is required comes down more because the pace of exchange becomes faster through digital anyway so before we move on to the next uh, you manisha have very strong views on why yeah, on the, the rail accident did not get adequate coverage like it's not getting enough to also please tell yeah, us why and a if you read the initial reports it's just horrific you've had 150 people dead there are cases like a man losing his wife and his daughter in front of him heard his daughter screaming for help till she died he was brought in a stretcher to the crematorium and there are more than 150 such cases and all you have are five officials suspended and a transfer that is all mm. I would like to know what if this was a Shatabdi or a Rajdhani? How would the coverage have been? This is the same track, and I'm. It could have very well been a Shatabdi or a Rajdhani, but it's an express train. It's an Indore, and you've had cases earlier where there was a temple fire in um, Kerala, hmm. and the prime minister, because there were elections, hmm. he immediately dropped there and gave a speech. Right. This has not happened in this case. You haven't had politicians talking about it. You haven't had the media giving it. This is sheer murder, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is you've bought a train ticket, and the next day you're dead. Your family's gone. It's I don't know how we can just move past this. How do you just get over 150 people dead and about 600 people dead over the past six years? Yeah, If, uh, Manisha, I'm sorry to butt in like mm. this. It's because I've been angry mostly. Is because people we we move past this exactly, and, and we I move, think no, not just the train tragedy. You see, a lot of the um, the pro uh, demonetization uh, people they are saying uh, you know I- i'm just amazed uh, by how oblivious people are about the suffering that people are going through so what you're saying is that okay teen hafte char hafte chalega ye and then this is uh, this is good for india in the long run what i'm trying to say is that people forget the suffering so it's okay A government is fine. Government will say, "Chalo, four weeks it was." After two years, they'll say, "Yes, for three weeks there was a lot of suffering." But you know, look at the results. Well, What I'm saying is, you if you—it's all in your mind. If you believe that suffering of people does not matter to you for you know the suffering of three weeks, then move ahead. Heartless as it may sound, better the macro level. I think decisions are taken. With a cost-benefit analysis, and that includes lives of people. I mean, that's a reality. That's this real was not. But what cost-benefit? What was the demonetization? I'm not saying I'm pro no, against, I mean, but what I'm saying is, when a decision is taken at a macro level, it is a cost-benefit analysis, and human life is included in that, and that's a reality which I think. So coming coming back to but, the people who have died, which people have been reporting, journalists have been reporting as because of demonetization, mm-hmm. that is completely unscientific in my view because. a person who dies in line you don't know if he would have died anyway at home or or yeah, doing something but there are enough cases, cases of people no, who didn't second, get money no one second one second because especially with heart attacks it's a underlying condition that is built up over years if a certain amount of stress brings it on more or even without stress it can be brought on a man can be sitting at home watching television and have a heart attack so you can't bl- blame the program that he's watching if it's arnab on news or whatever that oh it's his fault he killed him it doesn't happen that way yes i do agree that the real victims have been people who have had a, a sick 
child or an old person who've been trying to get money out to pay a private hospital and that person has died, that their demonetization is directly so responsible. That is why, Madhu, I'm saying suffering. I'm not saying death. Uh, there's a difference okay. there. Even though I believe now that there are enough cases where you can directly link yes, yeah, the demonetization sure. to that. You know, I'm not just heart attack, no, no, suffocation, the environment, everything. The, the like stampede, yeah. Stampede or whatever. But I'm saying suffering. So, uh, you know, suffering, when suffering does not matter in the eyes of the state, when you can say for two weeks, you can allow people to suffer. Anand, that is where the media can in. make a difference, uh, uh, I think. Uh, were you born before 65? No, no. No, you were not. I think... He just looks so old and responsible. <laughs> Actually, Chata I'm kind of chai, I don't <laughs> Actually, I think around this table, only Madhu and I... And I. Were... No, let me do something. Not you. Not you. Were around when the war happened in 65. Uh, I was, I think, four years old. But I have very dim memories. Very, very dim memories. And later, before my mother died last year... I have very year, strong memories of that war. Uh, I, I, I checked with her. We were in Delhi those days. My father used to work for a factory over here. And, and she, she sort of told me about it again. Every evening you had to switch on... You couldn't switch on your lights. Hmm. You had to put up... Paper. Paper. Madhu's mentioned this at half On the windows. On the windows. And women took off, my mother included, took off their gold bangles and, gave and, it. and just gave it and donated it. People were just, there was such a passion and uh, nationalistic fervor that caught everybody. We were, I was in college at that time in Delhi University and uh, it, it was like we were at war. You went to Mumbai and, they were, and the South, we were, they were unaffected completely. The point I'm making is... Ah, what is the point? And my mother did also mention How about food and this and mm. that. You know, the other hassles the shortages, of There are shortages, a lot of shortages, ah. but nobody complained. Nobody complained. Now, I often wonder what... Just, I'm not being alarmist or I'm not suggesting it should happen. God forbid it happens. What if a war were to be forced on India? Not that India wants it or not that India goes to war, but supposing it is forced on you and you have to retaliate and then there is a formal war. I have a feeling that people who are screaming the most today and are out on the streets, they will want India to go and declare a ceasefire or surrender or do something so that they don't have to suffer. No, I uh, think that's no, a no, no, no. I, I feel very I don't strongly. Think a correlation. No, no, mm. there is because we have got used to the idea of leading comfortable, unruffled that is lives. True. If since you grew the up 1990s. in the yeah. since nineties, I'm Can I complete? This is very important hmm. to me. This generation after the nineties, if you've grown up as I have through the fifties, sixties, seventies, until the nineties, it was never a whining generation. We lived with shortages. We lived that one day you woke up and they said, bread. So suddenly you find people are eating parathas or whatever or something, chapatis for breakfast. Uh, I have never seen a, a, a nation that were stoic in these survival techniques become a whining generation. This okay. generation and two points. whines two points. all the time. Okay, and but I two, think that's a good to thing. Which, to which I will a, add something. And that's a good okay. thing. To I which think I will add something. You know, in when I was a kid, There's a difference we had between food complaining and whining. in those days. And, and, and like all good bongs, we couldn't eat wheat. And that's when I learned, when my mother used to wallop me, and she would hit me on the head, if there was even a single grain of rice left on the plate. 
and I still don't do it, I swear, you sit with me for a meal and you will find me eating till the last grain. When we were in school, we had to go buy school notebooks from Janta stores. And you had to stand in a queue to do Janta that. bookstore. Janta bookstore. Yeah. Uh, so one has seen, in 1985, I had to, and that's not, it, it sounds a lot many years ago, but 1985, 86, I have stood in queues to buy baby food for my elder daughter. So today we okay, have got Anand. used to the idea that you walk out, you can you can get a cab, you have a car, you which can. Which is a good go thing. It's, it's a, which is a good thing. Points. We should be okay, used to good things. Right. Two points I like to make to the older generation, wiser generation. One is that I am not quote unquote whining for my own discomfort. I, I get that. Okay. I'm whining for quote unquote whining for 800 million people no, who live on whining. 20 rupees a that's day. That's not whining. Okay? I don't call that whining. So it's not my that's suffering. Good. I stood in ATM but I don't give a damn. I mean I stood once. It's fine. It wasn't suffering. Cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> well yeah that's uh. another thing. Second thing is why I think this analogy is not appropriate is that that wars are rarely self-inflicted. I, I see demonetization, the implementation and the planning as self-inflicted torture. Now you could have planned it and if you, if you cannot, if you could not have planned it in the way it should have gone smoothly, then don't enter Do it. it. Okay. That's the basic okay, difference. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next. China, China, after which I want to come to Madhu on the two inter worst interviews that I've seen and I want to know your views on both because uh, I think uh, you have been one of the finest interviews I've seen. Um, and I, by the way, disagree with both of you, but we'll save that for another day on your generation being so great. If your generation was that great, we wouldn't be in the shit we are in today. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> really? How? Because <laughs> it, a more rebellious generation would have got rid of the Gandhis way before. I'm just saying. And if and I, okay, if I can, had I mean, the low lives since this is, anyway, okay. No, 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 I have to add. I since this is, this, is, this, is, right. this is old generation, ba you know, bashing. Mm. Let me also add that my father would say, you rascal, you know, you're complaining about shoes. I didn't wear shoes till I was in BSC. So, you know, this is the old generation thing also. Yeah. Are, bhai, no, no, we no, have one suffered. Second. You one suffered. second. No, 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 one no, no, second. No, no, one no, second. No, 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 I just want to go down this road. Everything that you are using today all technology was invented by our generation. But it was brought That's by Rajiv Gandhi. It was brought by <laughs> Rajiv Gandhi. <laughs> Not by Rajiv Gandhi, but That's by our generation. That's just a feature generation. of time, Gandhi, We can't get things from the future in no the past. Being young is no achievement. Being young is no achievement. Being old is. <laughs> no. I, I agree with her. I okay, fine. Okay, I'm just going to get it's into the... It's not easy being old. Hello. I'm, I'm getting it's into damn the... difficult being every age. No. I'm, yes. I'm sorry, I've been there, you haven't. I've been young, you haven't been old. Are you <laughs> so I can speak. So? Sure. You don't know how tough it is. You don't you know have how no tough... idea. You okay, have no I'm idea calling... how tough it was at our time when there but were no know... jobs. Okay. There were no jobs. Do you remember? There were no jobs for young people. You entered college. Believe me, you entered college with a dread. That after this, what do I there do? Are no okay, there are many okay, kids we all have that had still face that okay, today. Everyone, apna dard sabse today there's lagta unemployment. Hai. Okay. Please, there are jobs. Okay, I'm moving on. And Achha, about the is, interviews. No, no, no. Hmm. I have to read a mail. Okay, this mail is actually from someone who doesn't want his name revealed. So I'll just read this out. It's an Can important. Can we call him Batman? Uh, let's just call him Batman. Uh, I'll just tell you why I thought it's worth reading because I thought he was making some sense. It says, uh, hey guys, I'd like to start. It's Arnam. Hey guys, I'd like to start by first asking you not to use my name on the show if you choose to read it out. I know a little bit about... Thank you, Amit. I know a little bit about <laughs> security printing, including banknote printing, and can shed some light on it for you. But I've signed non-disclosure agreements with various governments, high security printing, and very mm. small fraternity, 
I mean, my first name would make it very easily recognizable. He goes on to say that this entire experts in printing, note printing, it's a very small community. So he says, I've been a subscriber for over a year. See, we have experts who subscribe to News Laundry. Mufat Khors, guilty, guilt laga, hein? Is Gil- he a subscriber? He's a subscriber. Hey! Over here, he says, <laughs> okay, uh, everyone note, I actually stopped listening to Hafta some time ago because I was losing my patience with how much you all talked over each other and made it in- unintelligible. Sorry. Someone on Reddit recommended I give it another shot and I have to say that in the last few months it has been excellent. Thank you. We try not to talk over each other. I even renewed my yearly subscription last month. Hey. Um, I want to say that uh, <laughs> he says Niku's joking around and one-liners distract me most of the time and they digress. But I had to pull my car over when the story of the economics professor came on. The Ratan Tata joke. <laughs> I'd, I'd have you know Mr. <laughs> Batman that I have been ticked off on my Twitter timeline but that joke was too obscene for Hafta. So I will not be cracking those jokes again. Anyway, what he's saying is that you guys mentioned in your show, I'm reading his letter now, that there are no security features on the rupees 2000 rupee note. I wasn't myself directly involved in the design, but I was in a training session with someone who was directly involved. There are a couple of new security features on the note that wouldn't be obvious to the layperson. I have to sadly confirm that there are no GPS nanochips or anything similar embedded in the note. Oh, so the charge is going to be hard. But there is one feature which may have triggered this strange rumor. It's a feature that's meant to help reduce, eradicate counterfeit banknotes. To keep it very simple, anyone with a specific app, and this app is not available to everybody, can click a picture of the rupees 2000 note. The app analyzes the picture and using special light capturing features determines whether the note is genuine or counterfeit. Mm. One added capability, which as far as I know, the Indian government has not implemented yet, is for the app to send GPS data to the central server regarding the location of any counterfeits it can manage to scan. I guess it's like that garbage app that you know immediately it uploads it where the where the message came from. I figured this reporting of counterfeit note locations slowly morphed into embedded GPS chips in individual banknotes that automatically get activated when the note makes a magical transformation from white to black. <laughs> Should black money hoarders be worried? Not really. The app requires a picture of a very specific part of the note. This does not include serial number or anything. Even if it did, the only info RBI would be able to glean from the apps, GPS report is the frequency and prevalence of counterfeit money in a particular area, which will help him find counterfeiters. It is unclear whether the RBI has planned to roll this feature out and who will have access to this app. Theoretically, you could release this to the general public and anyone with a smartphone could then verify that particular 2000 rupee note, clicking that particular part of it and uploading it. So that's what he said. He said and he said this has been in the pipeline for a long time, the 502,000. He's just surprised why there's a shortage of cash. Thank you, Batman. Um, uh, he, uh, he says New Zealand also had a piece on intaglio printing. I just want to point out that intaglio printing is included on every banknote in the world. It's not new. It's been around for centuries. This turbo, electric, hydroponic, elastomet... Okay, you lost me at hydro... whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks. Yeah, that's very informative. Uh, just for our listeners, uh, I, th- there's no way I can confirm whether this gentleman is, in fact, the expert he claims he is. But most New Zealand subscribers are very honest people. Wow. So we just put this out there. This is his view. He says it does have these features. Sounds genuine. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 <laughs> what I wanted to say uh, about this email. Uh, and uh, before I move on to the next email, Madhu, let's start off with you. And after that, uh, I'd like the youngest in the panel, uh, Manisha. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll speak. Yeah. <laughs> Manisha to tell me, and then Kanchanda, you. So um, the oldest will talk now. The two, one was Rajdeep's interview, and I have a specific question with Sonia. Sonia underlined that no politics, please. I'm not going to talk about politics. Should he have even agreed for an interview where there was a uh, condition that you will not talk politics? I mean, it's like speaking to Sachin and saying, fuck it, I won't discuss cricket. I'll get your view on economic policy. You know. Economic, aaj kal inflation was other. And this is 4 runs, 6 runs. 
Anyway, and the second that was supposed to be Sachin. That was supposed, and second, I know he's a friend of yours, so you can pass on this. Uh, like, what the fuck was that with Shekhar Gupta and Raj? Mm-hmm. Baba they're all friends of mine. Rajdeep is, Shekhar is. Who is okay, then please feel I've honest been in and this tell business me. Forty-six years, you expect them not to be? Tell me both after that, Manisha. After which that, doesn't Kanchanda. stop me from criticizing. Wh- which them. one was worse and why? Okay, I'll tell you one thing about Sonia's interview first. I think it was extremely revealing. All right. She comes from a place where she thinks it's normal to pro- to promote and protect a legacy. Uh, she said specifically that a doctor's son becomes a doctor, a lawyer's daughter or son becomes a lawyer. That hasn't happened in my family. So her purpose that she explained for being in po- joining politics was her duty. Duty to the family. Achha, duty to the family is different, very different, my dear Bambino, from a profession where you have to sit for exams, qualify, get a certificate, and then... A, She's a, a closet Punjabi. Binnes, a a, sur- binnes a surgeon's ga. son cannot get up one morning and say, it's my father's business, I'll surgery karunga. It doesn't happen. So she was comparing apples and oranges. It doesn't work. It was revealing in the sense that I think it's important for the people of India to know that she joined politics not for the good of the country, not to change things for the better for the country, but only for her family. Are you making it sound like the uh, interview is informative? No, Please, I'm you're misleading saying, the people in Washington. No, 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 no. I'm saying, uh, no, I think for her to declare it with such impunity and to think that it's okay to declare it, to give an interview on the basis that I will not discru- discuss politics. Should he have accepted the conditions? No, the point is that how can a person who is the leader of a political party, the president of a political party, think that she can get away with saying that I will give an interview and not talk politics? We journalists have accepted too much shit, okay? For the last decade before you when didn't we know two people who backed out of your interview yeah so the two decades that the one decade that uh, the congress party was in power it was a killer for journalists because these two didn't give interviews neither sonia or they gave it to chosen ones with deals like this that you will not ask these questions and let's face it, they treated everyone like chaprasis exactly and people are happy to be treated like okay. chaprasis now in this day in today's thing again it's a it's a same and different in the sense that only chosen people are given interviews and even those chosen are given interviews, I think with understandings that you will not ask 2002, you will not ask, and 2002 at this stage is, is being done. So I don't think it's a relevant question in any case. But I think this, the, this interview was very telling and it's a statement for this decade for journalism. Okay, I'm going to come back to you on the Shekhar interview. Please tell me, I Manisha. Didn't see it. I um, didn't see it. I didn't see either of the interviews, but... Uh, oh, we, you're working on Speak Out. Yeah, yes, but, guys, but please listen know, to Speak Out. Uh, yeah. we keep, we've criticized a lot of the Modi interviews in the past two years, Arnab's interview, calling him subservient. But the interviews with Sonia Gandhi are way worse. I remember Barkhadat's interview in 2010 with Sonia Gandhi. That is the epitome of subservience. She just had this lovely, awestruck expression on her face. And again, it was Who's just about... Sonia Barkha? <laughs> Barkha. But, but they're so... No, but it's just... I think with Sonia Gandhi, journalists are way more lenient and way more subservient. No, I'll tell you, can I, can I please come in on that? Let me explain quickly. something. Very quickly. 
I think every persona, every politician, every actor creates their own persona. Sonia has created this persona that she is above everybody else. She's exclusive. She will not give interviews. I remember during News Track mm. when she was in Ameti and Mano Manoj Raghavan, she, I sent him to get the interview and he came back. I said, what happened? He said, I chased her and chased her and chased her and she said, don't even try. Yeah. Okay, and so that she's created this persona that you are so lucky that I'm talking to you. Now journalists have to get over it. Kanchanda. Journalists have but to say I'm not lucky. You're lucky. Rajdeep living in where he thinks viewers want a I show on the parivar. Like why? Like people don't biggest want to know about the Gandhi. Biggest interview ever of the decade. Ha, it's breaking news. Right. That offended Exclusive. me. Okay, Kanchanda, can I guess? That speak? offended me. Biggest interview so, of Kanchanda, the decade. Have it was not. Let, just, me, let me just, just punch someone next time and start talking. Okay. No, no. <laughs> He's not Rajdeep. <laughs> <laughs> See, Aww. this is where, what I would like to comment on. This whole thing about the biggest interview of the decade. Mm. Uh, why should it be the biggest interview of the decade? Unless you have really got it's hold of something. It's not even an interview of the decade. Um, Forget about biggest. <laughs> this, you know, what has happened uh, is that increasingly we have reached a point where a journalist's profile or stature within the organization he or she works for, as well as outside, is directly proportionate to the journalist's access to politicians. Completely. And politicians, whether it's Sonia Gandhi or uh, Narendra Modi or whatever, at one point it would have been somebody else. Mm. Now, Madhu talks of a time where it was not directly proportionate to that. Editors today are really not there to edit a journal. Faceless people who sat behind a desk and did a lot of dirty work. But they are door openers. They open doors for owners. So the profession, so to say, has changed. The profile of the profession has changed. I really don't think there was any call to interview Sonia Gandhi to, to sort of do an indirect profile of Mrs. Indira Gandhi. Through Sonia. Yeah. Through Sonia Gandhi. Uh, there's no way you can capture Mrs. Indira Gandhi's uh, contribution to the country, to politics. You may agree to it, disagree with it. Uh, a lot of it was rotten. Some of it was good. But I don't think she was the right person to even do a recall of all that. That's a very good point. There were better people and who had I would have with her I would have understood a, a scroll which said the the best profile of Indira Gandhi in her centenary year. Hmm. But the biggest, biggest interview? interview and through that interview really I mean I I'm told she agreed or she, she it, it was an interview that was planned to sort of profile Indira Gandhi and how she inherited the legacy. And she made of that point several times. And my time. guess was that they approached, they approached the channel. They approached because the they channel. wanted to I, I won't propagate. Be surprised. I, I think uh, Sagarika is writing a book on Indira Gandhi. So I won't be surprised whether it that may has have been a some, part of that. some connection that, you know, some so, of it might you know, get in. I, I sort of inherited the, I mean, my husband inherited it. After him, I inherited it. And after me, Rahul Gandhi gets to inherit right. it. So it was an inheritance chart which she was explaining through various ways. Uh, you know, the, I, I, I know it's, a, it's something boring in this room. We have discussed it once in mm. the past. 
everybody talks about Mrs. Gandhi's triumphant victory in 72, all the 71. good things, 71, all the good things she did. Uh, I really wish we would use the centenary year to once again revisit the emergency, if only to remind us and remind ourselves that we are so, so lucky to have survived as a democracy. And, well, and, and it's only then will people get to really value. I, I do think emergency, I mean, I was I know, maybe one year old when it was, uh, but I think I have read a lot about the emergency. Kumi Kapoor's book, which came out last year, I think was fantastic. Before that, article in Aapka Toh Abham Pardai, Indira Gandhi Parjo, that German lady wrote that book, Usme Emergency Hai. Uh, 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 emergency references Mark Taliki book may be here. So I think it's often written on no, that. No, but you see, it's, it's in this interview that how Sonia spins even the emergency. Yes. That was very interesting to me. That she said, look, she was actually a true lover of lover, lover, or I shouldn't even try try. She said that she was a true lover of Indira Gandhi, was a true lover of democracy because after all, she did call the elections. No, that's not why she called the election. Exactly. She called so the elections because Mujib was assassinated. And she thought that if she doesn't call elections, she will be assassinated too. Hmm. I don't know so about it, that. It was but the I think fear called, of death. And Ashish Nandi wrote a very good essay on this. I think she called the elections because she was she cared deeply about how the British and European how the foreign media, press was foreign looking press was at her. trashing her. <laughs> and her closest friend, Dorothy Norman, actually her childhood friends stopped talking to her, stopped communicating to her. I don't, and Madhu, I'm sorry, that, I don't think she gave a all, damn no, I think she about did. I what think she, people thought okay, of her. We are moving, Deepanjana has spoken about Deepanjana. Did you watch either of those interviews or neither of the interviews? What do you have to say? I watched uh, Sonia Gandhi's interview. No one watched Baba Ramadan and Shekhar Gupta. What are you guys? So here's the thing, right? When Why you, would you? <laughs> Why would you? Okay. Give me one good reason. I'll come to it. Uh, uh, Deepanjana first. Silence, please. Hmm. So, uh, I see enough of Baba Ramdev and all the advertisements that uh, keep flashing. I can't watch an interview with him as well. Anyway, no, that's not it. I just missed it. I meant to catch it and I missed it. But I did see the Sonia Gandhi interview and um, that's I, I realized that how difficult it is to be a journalist because evidently Rajdeep Sahar Desai became Meghna Shah of Tandem PR. She also sent me messages like this for the greatest product ever biggest sofa must watch you know that was basically <laughs> what happened um it was what was that biggest sofa <coughs> huge um anyway but this was it was depressingly bad right it was depressing it was embarrassing it was yeah, embarrassing because, i was embarrassed for rajdeep because not only He's okay caught. fine for whatever reason you've decided you want to be the pr agent for this uh, tra photo exhibition that's going to travel but after that for the next hour prime time on Monday, breaking news with clips from that interview. Yeah. That was I ridiculous. think journalists should take a stand and not do these interviews. That's uh, my view. Anand, you come. Quick, quick two points. Yeah. One is that the golden rule, at least in my case, is I offer great interview is that I never go by the answers. I always go by the questions. Nice. That's the first thing. Hmm. Second is why in heaven's name would anyone call Rajdeep a journalist? I think it's a, it's it's not well, so that's much. That's not fair. That's going no, too far. No, that's a personal opinion. Hmm. I can say it's, it's based on my uh, hmm. assessment of him. Good luck to him in any other profession, but please do not call him a journalist. Okay. Now I just had, I agree with most of you guys on on the. Into you and they shouldn't have done it. 
But I thought even when you do it, suppose you accept to the condition that this is a very desi thing, and this is a desi thing of senior level people. Even if you agree, okay, we'll, I'll only do it on Indira Gandhi. Then prepare and go and wing it. Ha ha, no problem. I'll do it, I'll wing it. Oh, he did? He, I mean, I, I said, okay, now I'm I'm not seeing anything grand on Chutia. You can see Chutia too. You can see good Chutia or not. Yeah, कुछ तो prepare कर लो अच्छा you could make out he's like making up the, so you know uh, <laughs> people kind of uh, thought that no, you know no, you're the um, like listen she wanted it to be about Indira Gandhi but I would what about her, the so how many of her beautiful handcrafted stories did you inherit no what I'm saying is like her shawls, I remember his 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 question his question people used to call her you know the only man in her cabinet so was she a feminist or was she the only man in her cabinet exactly i was like dude your, your 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 gender politics is so warped you don't even realize the bloopers you make and again respect no disrespect i know she's a friend of both of yours it's Ooh. when tavleen talks about people who are not you privileged you say that about everyone <laughs> yeah but i mean she doesn't realize she's so trumpesque in some of the things she says she doesn't realize how ridiculous elitist she sounds rajdeep Ooh. was like that tavleen no, she doesn't. Oh, come yeah. on. You read, like, I mean, I don't know quote, I but you read some pieces. I think she's comfortable with that. She, I don't think she has she any embarrassment. You know, I don't think yeah, she's she embar has of, any embarrassment like when about she, when saying she, these things. The, she's the fine. way she speaks, uh, you know, some of the things she says, whether, oh, he talks like a truck driver, this guy's like this. I mean, some of the things she says, I can't even recollect all. I no, look I, at I, it when she and I about hit my Anna head. Hazare, she I'm like, what can you expect from a truck driver? I mean, she doesn't like, you know, Trump doesn't realize the gender politics is a thing. I don't think Tavlin even realizes class politics is a thing she she's not even aware of it no, i think the she's kind of okay she with it similarly i think rajdeep doesn't even know even if you agreed to something at least prepare and go yeah. yeah no but he had that point where he said if i had a trick question then it would be to ask and asked his so-called <laughs> trick question yeah, uh, because that totally must have thrown her no, off I'll, I'll tell you a personal thing that rajdeep ki galtiyan about rajdeep's mistakes mm. it's a bit like I, in my second year I had not studied about inorganic chemistry at all. And mm. next day was the exam. So I, uh, all night I studied this. And I went to blackout. So there are so many I can't, you know, I've reached a situation where I can't point out what is one mistake. So okay. that is why it's... No, I don't think, I don't think, listen, I think it's, un, it would, honestly, it would be unfair to, I mean, we can take this interview to talk about the state of media today. That's but, what it showed. Uh, I don't think it, it's very fair to just zero in on Rajdeep or anybody else, uh, whoever it is. I was making a different point that media has reached uh, a stage today where it is neither a passion nor a profession. It is a very strange beast which, which, which is sort of, you know, it's, it's, transmogrified itself into a beast which just defies uh, definition, which defies quantification. It's become a lobbying horse. Yes. I think that's... In credit that's to him, he looked embarrassed also. I don't think so. He was uncomfortable. And I think editors do a lot of stuff because owners expect them to do it. I mean, look, you, you just watched one interview with Sonia Gandhi. Let me assure you, in, in Bengal, all the Bengali channels do the same stuff with Mamta Banerjee. Mm. And I'm sure Tamil Nadu and All of, all of Calcutta could be burning and they would be asking her 
about the last painting she made or something like that. I'm sure it happens in Karnataka, it happens in Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh, but all over the place. Some places more than others, I'm guessing. Uh, so, so it's 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 it's. I sometimes wish. I know Madhu would hate me for saying this, but I wish there was at least one curb on media. Yeah, I and hate you that's for that. The <laughs> owner cannot have any other business. Oh, that I agree with. That he cannot be in owner means not only the owner himself, hmm. but his wife, his sons, his daughters, his sons-in-law. But there is a problem with that, Kanchanda. I'll tell you, there's a problem with that. Very often, if you're doing cutting-edge journalism in which you don't care what the authorities or the government says about you, you have to have deep pockets in order to support that kind of journalism. And if they had another business which gave them the freedom to put the money in it's for that kind of sword. it's I a double-edged sword. Saying, but but I see what so you're saying. if they can kill you with just with just that business, then you're suck. Then you're Madhu, finished. I remember in the Statesman we once did something on what what was that pipeline scandal? Some Japanese company was involved. In what year? This is. You are still knickerbockers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe. And <laughs> it was in my OGC time. withdrew its entire ad campaign. That's correct. And you should have seen Irani, Mr. C.R. Irani. He was gleeful. He was delighted. He said, good, which means now we don't have any constraints at all to go after the chaps. So a man right out of my heart, he should have said when the public pays, the public is served, and when corporations, no, uh, when GC pays, I mean, and the, when this GC has happened served. in many news Tata's organizations. Yeah, have done that. The Tatas have done it to <coughs> India today. I don't want to uh, name the public. There are many many companies have done that within to many a news month, and they recover, they That's come it. back. Hmm. And, and I really want your viewers, uh, listeners, to hear this story. Within a year of joining the profession, I was witness to something which has been a. The, 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 the biggest learning in my life. A journalist did a story on uh, Rion, Gwalior Rion, their plant, hmm. and how it was causing all kinds of birth deformities because of the effluents in the river. Gwalior Rion struck back saying that we will stop advertising with you. So the journalist was told to do another story, saying that, no, Gwalior Rion says nothing's wrong with our effluents. They, mm. are, they, are, they are like the perfumes of Arabia. <laughs> uh, he refused and he resigned. One of the senior most journalists in that organization then went ahead and wrote that story. So, so I, I don't really think names are important. The name but of it's the down the rot is so right. it's, it's No, but also the context, I think, if a point that uh, Kanchanda is making is that so many of the journalists, like that journalist who resigned, there are so many journalists who have resigned in protest to the, these kind of things, but are they ever written about or known? So everyone is busy calling people prostitutes, but the fact is, but the ones who stood up, the one uh, ones that have stood up. I remember one thing in the press club very about two years ago. There was a press club thing. I think it was during the no, it was during the radi after, right after the Radia tapes, and there were journalists, and there was one in IIC. I think you were there, Manisha, 
where journalists got up and said I had to leave the profession because they were making me do these kind of things. And there were at least 15 of them from regional and Hindi uh, journalists who said that they had to leave the profession because of this. Who talks about them? Who, do they? Are they ever publicized? These are heroes okay, for I'm us. Going, I'm going to move on but to the next letter. 10 seconds, okay, which is quickly. 10 seconds, because Kanchanda is there. And you know, we and Madhu, you mentioned the word and we know your views about it. I'd like to know uh, Dada's views about it, about the word prestitute. I, I, I wouldn't use it. I but do you object it. to when people use it? Well, I don't object to any speech, so I wouldn't object to it as speech. You get offended. I Look, you are what you are. I mean, a journalist is rotten. I'm sure there's a doctor who's rotten. I'm sure there's an engineer who steals and the bridge collapses. So... That can't be the thumb rule to judge a profession. Uh, and uh, somehow, I don't mind if you, if, you, if you say that what you have done is harlotry. Because okay. the word harlotry explains it best. Okay, I'm going but to, to call somebody a prostitute... No, I take it as abuse and they're blocked. Okay. Now, this letter is from Rahul Pandey, who has accused you, Deepanjana. Actually, he's accused me of elitism, I think. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but he's put your example. So, uh, Dada, we always read a few mails of subscribers. It's your accent. And get the... Must be. And, and get their inputs. So, Rahul has actually given some very good inputs. But what he said is, Hello, subscription, Khor, Abhinandan, and the rest of Team NL. I'm Rahul, and I'm a subscriber. Earlier, I used to follow Madhu Madam's show, but now I've realized that I've been listening in and writing a lot more since becoming a subscriber. I was going through unheard podcasts from News Laundry when I chanced upon Laughing Matters done three and a half years ago. I noticed how you, Mr. Sekri, and the classist underachiever comedian friend of yours look down upon people like Raju Srivastava just because he doesn't have an English language vocabulary that you guys have and he doesn't speak in that fake accent from nowhere that Miss Pal speaks in. By the way, noticed her real voice when she said Kaun Tha Wo in the last half that 27-28 minutes. Okay. <laughs> and it was coming from you, he's talking about me, whose Kacha Chronicles and Tatte Ke Hai jokes, though funny, still a notch below Raju does at his worst performance. This was nothing but elitism from a communist at its best, Aap takers anyone. Now, it's a lot of labels. Now, I'll just pause uh, and, and recover from that mail. But no, Rahul, thank you for writing in. After Rahul has some very good suggestions for NL Hafta 100. Can I just respond to that for one sentence? Yeah. That, you know, you can't define somebody else. You can't put a label and say that's what he is. He has the freedom to define himself. I'll, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll Neither the that. Panjana nor Abhinanda. I'll just come to that. But he He's says in a hundredth Hafta, it's a very good idea. No, no, you're more than welcome to no. have an opinion. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Uh, no, I'll just come back to this. But uh, for his hundredth Hafta, what he says is since... We, he says we do critique very well. We should critique ourselves. Ah, nice. So that's a great idea, I think. And um, hmm. uh, Ranga Uncle, he has some stuff about you, about demonetization. Armchair critics say that it is not so well done. It may look so. But uh, it is the only positive thing in at this stage. Anyway, basically, I just want to say you know, about elitism and I want everyone to weigh in on this. Uh, a. Rahul, uh, you obviously didn't hear the whole show. And you would have heard what I think of Cyrus Brocha's humor as well. And he speaks only English. Uh, my Mumbai English. My favorite um, uh, humorous satirist is... Bilma. Is No, no. Bilma to Vahakai. There's this thing called Loose Talk, which Moin Akhtar does. Moin Akhtar and um, Anwar Maksud. You must... The links are below. 
that is satire there's a politics to it you know what guys like raju shivasam and all do uh, typical raju shivasam that that govinda's nephew what's his name krishna abhishek or whatever i mean typically the, their joke will be are uski biwi itni moti thi ki usko gaddi ki zarurat nahi padi <laughs> or it will be ki are wo itni chapti aur kali hai uski shakal ki blackboard ki zarurat nahi padi matlab dude that is why i think and uh, if you think that's elitism i'm fine i think calling shit humor out is fine and um it doesn't make you elitist it's got nothing to do with language two of my favorite writers uh, comedy writers are sanjay rajora and varun grover uh, varun grover has also written the lyrics for masan and uh, he's written the film i think and uh, they are the com- lyrics. completely what you call hindi medium in fact sanjay was a very good friend does isn't even comfortable completing a sentence but his thought process is extremely politically aware and smart he doesn't make tuchcha jokes and if you must listen to sexist humor i suggest ramta because ramta a was doing <laughs> it in the 20s and 30 i mean in the 50s he was born in the 20s he's a punjabi singer and most of his stuff was about ramta amrika which ya ramta mema which and what happens in uh, i mean even when he does sexism he does it in a really funny way which is why i don't like raju shrivastava and gang it has nothing to do with their language because according to me even cyrus often resorts to how mayavati looks when he makes mayavati jokes it's got nothing to do with the politics that's my defense anyone else has anything to say aage badho good defense um and but do uh, the the links for loose talk are below you see w- what what really good humor is even when it's in any language uh and then what he ha- goes on to say is um i um I, I, and on this demonetization he says it's a it's a project in process just like news loan is a project in process nothing about us is perfect we have a lot of problems and he talks about the powder fiasco because you don't have any makeup artist madhune patni powder zyada thop diya tha kam thop diya tha he says it happens but we still like it because it is imperfect and it will it will become better he says demonetization is like that and um yeah and and Comparing he has some other demonetization to my powder <laughs> no he says it's a, it's, a, it's a, so he says keep up the good work keep fighting thanks rahul i appreciate your mail and that's a fantastic idea maybe we should call four people on the 100th hafta and tell them to critique news laundry that'll be a great idea yeah can i also say here just about this thing about elitism you know some some galis they pierce your heart hmm. elitism is not really uh, it's actually a feel good pejorative if i can put it that i mean you know it's not really a put down of a person no it to me it's a put down really yeah i'll, I'll tell you person, one thing the, in india it is very difficult because first of all we if you have been born in privilege which i include education and food going to school going to college you're already in the elite all right so your perspective will definitely be of your background and your environment and what you've grown up with so how do you avoid then being elite by having compassion for people who do not who have not had that that's the best you can do but to say that you are not elitist because anyone who has food on the table every night is already an elitist because no, so many no, no. people you don't see, this whole thing i think we have we have sort of we have sort of uh, lost a sense of what the elite really meant and in bengal it was much easier the bengal the ba- elite is different the bhadra folk that's totally it's, different it's that's a different a concept or a choto log that's a different concept that's a, a, a world was somebody who was a complete stop scowling and <laughs> and a choto log was somebody who was refraff uh, and much of your world view was shaped that way 
And I, I really wish we would not, we would go back to the quintessential idea of elitism, where you actually aspired to go up and, and, and get rid of all that is bad with not being a part of the elite. Uh, I wish education had not decided, uh, since you are not directly a part of JNU, but since you sit and do all your uh, <laughs> that lab is, tests That is addressed to Anand. <laughs> uh, that I wish JNU were really an elitist institution. Yeah. With the I, I best what, library in the country, okay. best labs in the country. I think what you're saying is we all leave you to it. Yeah. Best Which is very beautiful, actually. It's a very, that's very nice, noble view. And the best students the in the country. From the elitism we were talking about. That's a whole different planet. So, elitism, yeah. I You've think... you softened it. Yeah. I, think, I think this twisted idea of elitism came when the Maruti 800 entered the market. But elite guy here. So, so... <laughs> but, you know, most of the people who called elites... Hmm. are just buffoons so i <laughs> you know i mean i, I don't have the people who called elite you know oh you're elitist no i'm sorry you're not you're a buffoon but so in that sense i agree with kanchan I, th I think a lot of people not to d uh, confuse elitism and snobbery and snobbery is something yeah i think every bengali has i'm not sure every punjabi has it. I, 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 Punjabis I, are not I, i'm going to snobbish i'm going to segue into a little story it's all wrong Punjab, punjabi so, is snob snobbish now, Don't make me break out in my Rabindar Sangeet, all right? <laughs> Rabindar Sangeet. By the way, we have that a Rabindar Sangeet conversation Rabindra. at the end of this, uh, what the Z chairman said. But uh, Kanchanda, listen to this. I know, that's I, too funny. I had a t uh, teacher in school, Janajit Ray. He's a principal right now of a school in Hyderabad, I think. You got to go, uh, Kanchanda? Okay. Because Kanchanda was looking at his watch. So, <laughs> I'll just tell you, this is, this, this is a quintessential Bengali thing. There's a Bengali snobbery, and I think it's endearing in a sense. And he was one of those teachers, like, you know, most of our teachers... When you're young, when you're like 14, 15, they treat you like you're idiots. There are very few teachers who treat you as equals in a sense that they know more than you, but they hear what you have to say. Mm. So he had that connection with many boys. and So you could really talk to him like you couldn't talk to other teachers in school. And all boys boarding, this is major discipline and shit. So I told him, I said, you know, sir, uh, Mr. Ray, uh, there's this problem with bongs. You know, they think Bengal is the beginning and end of the country. India is because of Bengal. And he was looking at me like there was no expression on his face. So he was just, uh, you know, nodding. And he was from Santi Niketan and, you know, the whole thing. And Mr. Ray, if you're listening, hi, miss you loads. So then he said, uh, okay. I said, you know, so no matter which bong you speak to, they think Indian culture begins and ends with Bengal. So he just nodded. He didn't say anything as if I'm yet to continue, like as if he's waiting for my punchline. So he said, okay. I said, no, that's all I have to say. He said, so what's the problem? <laughs> so <laughs> he was serious. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Your national anthem, Jonagonamon. What is it? It's Bangla, na? If it weren't for Bengal, you wouldn't want to be sitting here. Who is the founder of your school? Mr. Das, no? Because <laughs> 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 uh, Mr. Das is the founder of Dugun. And he, uh, I was aghast. He was not being able to see <laughs> what I was saying is what he is doing. <laughs> and all bongs have that. Kanjana, yes or no? <laughs> He's looking at me. What's Silence. the problem? Yeah. <laughs> 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 is that true or not? Yeah, yeah. He, in fact, he asked me, he says, name me one Punjabi writer. Now, at that time, I didn't know about Amrita Pritam or Sahir Ludhyanvi or Manto. So, I said, yeah, okay, I'm going to say it. 
Delhi Kanchanda. I think most bongs have this. I think the rest of them. I think problem is they do and they entitled to it. You'll be surprised. You know now, of course, you have tough copyright laws. You can't do it and get away. But there was a time when almost seven out of every ten books published in Bengali were translations from other languages. You know, and and all kinds of languages. Uh, French, German, English, Hindi. Uh, I don't know whether Punjabi, but <laughs> sure. Uh, Tamil. I have seen from mm. Tamil, uh, and and there were there were Bengali translators who for whom I mean you know probably the chap worked in writers' buildings or some bank, and every evening he would come back home. and open up his 20 dictionaries and do two pages of translation and those books would be published and they sold a lot so i don't think bongs had a disdain towards others languages of creativity but yes i mean in the sense that after all that's the only part of the country which has seen a renaissance so we we do think that we are more enlightened than others okay but it's not very theory again i'm just huh. saying that you know huh. I've been accused of elitism by uh, what's his name Rahul Rahul uh, whose suggestion I do think is wonderful um but uh, ultimately it's funny that this is coming down to bengalis because I think I have a I have one of the most deep rooted dislike of bengalis in general as a Why? people because they're annoyingly arrogant and they assume that all beautiful things come forth from them and that everything that bengal produced in the bengal renaissance is a uh, sort of epitome of liberalism and awesomeness some of it is beautiful some of it is great but there are huge problems like with any cultural situation but anyway okay. regardless that is their problem hmm. regardless but the bengal renaissance was truly brilliant but it's not to say that nobody else had a renaissance in india the There is such a thing as Tamil culture. There was a Renaissance that happened Punjabi in the past. Punjabi culture, Yo-Yo, Hani Singh, Badshah, Kanchanda. Even if you go to a Bengali wedding, they won't do that. You know those things. You know, patta laga ke na they'll do Yo-Yo, Hani Singh. It's actually true. This is actually true. Punjabi music has taken over this country. I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. The Punjabi Renaissance rocks. Kanchanda, sorry. Soon you'll be. Kanchan Arora, yo. No, but let me just add my two bits to it. One no, is I mean, modern oh, poetry and the word elitist huh. is itself egregious to me. I mean, you hmm. know, to, why why use this word elitist? No, It doesn't mean anything. See, but the thing is, Rahul, everyone's on radio. He's basically saying, don't think so much no, of yourself. No. And the second thing is, if I was not so happy and enamored by being a South Indian, I would have been a Bengali. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's an interesting question. Can we just go around? Okay, Anand, if you weren't South Indian, you would have liked to be Bengali. Yes, absolutely. Manisha, if you weren't from UP, Uttarakhand. Uttarakhand. I would like Kumaani. to be from Kerala. Malu. Yeah. Okay. She looks like Arunachal. Uh, I would. I'm Die. happy being <laughs> a Bengali. I'm happy. It's the only <laughs> option. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm a Bengali first. I'm a Bengali last. Madhu. I never want to be anything else in any Punjabi? form. Nah, like you know, Freud says women have this want to be men. No, I am what I am, and no, I'm happy. If, ंजाबी 
Can we just move on to the next uh, news point? So you're half Tamil, half uh, Punjabi. Yeah. Okay. But so you're full jackass. Half, half Punjabi, <laughs> half human. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This uh, is a quick letter. Poor hey, Karthik is just dying at this Punjabi hating that's no, please, happening. He's a pun- Karthik. By the way, this podcast is produced by Karthik, who's a Punjabi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Quickly, we have just Karthik. We outnumber them. Two more quick things to uh, wind this up. We're two and a half. These two are two. Um, there's this one mail from Nidhi Anarkat. My hi, my name is Nidhi Anarkat. I'm an education entrepreneur working with college students to help them improve their reasoning skills. I love your podcast and work because she's told us why she loves it. You can listen to it. Uh, you can read this entire mail. I don't want to, you know, read bits where people are just praising us. That just makes us uh, too pompous and elitist, I'm guessing. But she says from an educator's point of view, some of the conflicts that we discuss are not just news. They go into a more philosophical level. And she likes that. And we have one of those right now. Kanchandal, need 10 minutes of yours for that. And... Um, she says she just subscribed finally and she has a few inputs about a subscription experience. It wasn't very smooth. Thanks for that, yeah, uh, Nidhi. We are going to be fixing that. We know that there's some glitches in the whole experience. But hopefully it will be completely smooth as silk very soon. And the other point you've said is why is there no option for setting up a recurring payment? Uh, well, the Indian government doesn't allow it, believe it or not, in their Kanchanda with their digital this thing. All other subscriptions anywhere in the world you subscribe once and automatically you can allow them to be ducted every month? Of course not. It's there. Indian, no, 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 no. We, 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 I'm all, telling you all, for sure. All, we've tried. All the cell phones, they... they no, auto- cell phones do. Subscriptions, we can't do it. You okay. cannot have a payment gateway where you auto uh, automate no, that every others, month. Gets, if other services do it, why wouldn't we? I have no idea. Our bank, says, our bank says you can't do it. It's, not, it's against the law. You need to recheck it. I'll check that out. And... Um, and the rest, she says, uh, she likes the fact that we always have a disclosure when we talk about either medicine, Madhu's connected to the Ranbaxi case, she puts a disclosure, Abhinandan and he puts a disclosure, she says that's a lot of respect, others should do it. Yeah, we've been saying that for the longest time, no one does it. <clears throat> the one thing that she says is that we had once discussed about revisiting stories in Hafta 88, and we're not doing enough of that. She's saying this demonetization and the Gujarat, you know, other issues have taken over, but we had done a story on Dalit protests, and there's some specific bits of that we need to revisit that how were their demand for land met, you know, because they were demanding lands. She's talking about a story going back to Una after the protest. Okay, so maybe you should revisit that. How did Anandi Ben's removal impact the protesters? What happened? So, yeah, I think we should revisit stories. Thanks for that, Nidhi. Um, and thank you for your mail. And it's a really long mail. I can't um, go through all of it, but I really appreciate you take, taking the time to write this. We appreciate your subscription. We appreciate your support. And it's because of people like you that we can continue to be unafraid and unabashed. So I'll read the last mail last. I'm just going to tell you what suggestions I have this week. Because I want a quick discussion about that. And after that, everybody can tell us this discussion. My suggestions this week are, there are two suggestions. One is a piece in The Economist. um, And one is a piece from NPR. I'll just tell you what it's about. It's basically the Nobel Prize what is called the Economics Nobel, but is not actually the Nobel. It is this very guess, Riksbank Prize in Economic Sciences. A very interesting story of why they introduced a Nobel when it was just in the sciences, because the Swedish Reserve Bank... Shall I be elitist and point out that that was Ferij? Huh, what, the pronunciation? Huh, huh. Sverige Riksbank. The Swedish Riksbank Prize, basically. Prize. And, and basically, the Reserve Bank of Sweden figured that if they have a Nobel Prize for economics and they give it to whatever economic policy they are pursuing, it will legitimize it in a way. So it was a really clever maneuver. 
but they had to make the last surviving member of the Nobel family agree to it and how they went about that's an interesting segue by itself but <clears throat> basically for those of you who don't know this time <clears throat> for those of you who don't know this time the Nobel winner for economics went to Oliver Hart for what they call contract theory and it's, he's a very interesting economist because when he came up with his first paper certain errors of basically the, 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 the his entire paper is about when you write a contract you know we said that in 10 years suppose i have a contract with a supplier or this will happen if this doesn't happen i'll buy out your company this has happened i'll do this he says all economists all economics assumes that people are making rational decisions and if that is was his assumption when he wrote his paper then his critic said then you will not need your contract theory because two rational people will be able to resolve the issue so he had come up with a theory that would resolve all contract disputes you know there's a do you get what i'm saying so then he went back and said you're right so he rewrote his paper his name is oliver hart anyway so but in this this is uh, one of the pieces that i want to suggest and the second piece that i want to suggest is in the economist uh, it's it's titled um the hole at the heart of economics and this too says that economics uh, sorry the npr piece says is economics close to literature or is it close to science it's one person's point of view and the economist piece says that the hole in the heart of uh, ec- economics is that it does it how little it understands society and i have had many debates with many friends of mine where say theory worked here should work here they forget that human beings cultures i mean it, they're both fascinating pieces so uh, the links are below these are my suggestions for everyone to read this week uh let's start with uh, kanchanda and then we'll move that way and then madhu you can do you think economics and, and the econ- economist makes this piece that other than very few writers most economists are taken like words of wisdom whereas they have they may have zero understanding of societies or psychologies or traditions or what they call institutions things that are done and are not done in certain societies and therefore they get it hopelessly wrong but there has not been enough reflection by economists on that is economics a science or is it literature uh, it's definitely not literature and i think it it is a pseudo science i'll tell you why it's a pseudo science uh, if you look at two institutions the imf and the world bank uh, it's all economics and they sort of will tell you that this 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 if you do you shall get this 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 results and if you look at the world over places where the world bank or the imf have stepped in to prescribe solutions unmitigated unmitigated social economic political disasters so i think they also realize that that doesn't work anymore so now they are trying to bring in non economists into the decision making process uh i didn't want to i thought when i before we before sort of while 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 driving down to your office i was telling myself i shouldn't be nasty today i shouldn't be nasty today <laughs> but then you won't fit in kanchan yeah. then this morning mr manmohan singh spoke in parliament <laughs> and hmm. since we are discussing economics and economists hmm 10 years of upa rule headed by an economist tells you the whole story and the fact that the former prime minister of this country whoever it is stands in parliament and says that in the long run we are all dead 
therefore we shouldn't really be doing anything uh, far reaching today i think it's it's really good logic so we're all good jo aata hai wo jata hai that's chautha wo to chautha mein bol rahe the ki we're all good long run jo aata hai wo jata hai to koi decision nahi lo he stood there and but said but that's a famous keynes line yeah but it's it's a misfit over here it's a misfit over here for the and as i said that whoever it is line. for the, for the former prime minister of this country to stand up and say in parliament of all places that in the long run we are all dead so might as well shut down parliament i mean you know in the long run we are all dead no so young I mean, mp got it up and said oh, some of clapped. us shorter than longer no 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 no, no. everybody <laughs> thumped everybody okay. thumped there okay manisha economic science literature it's a social science which is what it is it is a social science and i i don't know i don't think all economists have nothing important to say i haven't read capital by believe piketty is somebody who does take into account history yeah. justice in fact th- that is of one of the pieces that the economist piece has quoted that that is a really good piece because it takes into account many what they call institutions yeah. and and social society behavior the But one crime they are guilty for is being unreadable it's really difficult to read that's true i mean it, they make as well They're as boring as fuck yeah yeah so i you think that's the so only thing yeah anand no i you know uh I love economics hmm. especially because I don't understand much of it. <laughs> I try to but hmm. I'd like to say here is that uh, it has so many other subjects in it. So you know there are uh, there are uh, economic theories that are pure science, pure mathematics whereas there are others that require uh, you to assess its impact or the theory's impact on the society and then include that. So and and that's one of the reasons why I find it very beautiful because science doesn't do that you see hmm. science is not science is completely dissociated from society you develop something which millions or billions are going to use it you don't care two hoots about the effect of that you just put it to the world sure exactly so, that yeah you know so there are various branches of economics and the one that really pleases me are the branches of economics that do not involve the impact of society on the theory because i you know that's because you're a scientist you yeah, like so to I, study pure yeah, theories I, fair enough fair enough uh, dj um there's something lurking in i don't know if it's there in the economist piece but there seems to be a hierarchy that's set up where uh being literature would make it bad and being a science would mm. make it good mm. which i'm very uncomfortable with uh because i'm a literature student and mm. damn it it's not a bad thing um so for me it's a science because it has so much jargon quite frankly <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, it's not meant for people outside of the discipline to understand which is something you know that what? i find I with science as well i don't quite agree with that anyway madhu your view um i think it doesn't matter what it is labeled as the point is that does it communicate uh to the reader what it should or what what it's attempting to if it doesn't then it fails whether it's literature or it's it's economic uh, an economist's writing or whatever so i think when you're writing you have to get the message across if you're writing it in jargon and and it's only read by people peers it's not worth it yeah. the second the second thing is that i think one thing that has to be taken account in account is that when an economist is writing about theory in the end it is really about people it is about the impact of those theories on people and how does an e- economist take into account whimsical morphic resonance behavior hmm. like who's going to say that uh, a society suddenly decides that gold is no good i'm going to buy lots of silver 
Hmm. And that happens in a society just out of word of mouth, morphic resonance, women talking to each other. Do economists take those kind of things which actually change and, and, and create waves of, of change in a society, do they take that into account? Most often and not. I think, you know, Only after the add, fact. Only after the that. fact. No, Madhu, I but think that a lot of models, a lot of economists work on model building. Yeah. And in fact, if I can just be very frank, in, in, in the sciences, uh, basing your assessment on model building is kind of frowned upon. It was hugely frowned upon 20 years ago. Increasingly less so because of you know uh, high high uh, computational methods you know they've improved so much, but still it's it's, it's modern. But I think building. Madhu, so the thing you're talking about is बहुत दूर की India में देखो when economists suggest water and sanitation solutions and I've done films on it when I used to run the production house, they don't even take into account that in a certain village, one community will not be able to get access to the water. I mean, I just that's, think that's exactly I, what I mean. I mean those kind of things, the, the kind of ignorance, and that is why I think. As an economist, if you don't get out of your house and go and travel to places where it will have impact, you will never be. I will give you a large. And also, and also like there was a piece pilot. yesterday I'll, saying, I'll, "Are the poor really suffering?" I saw that the yeah, mint I mean, piece. I think that's know, one of the. In fact, we link to that I'll, piece. I'll, I'll, I'll that's one of the dumbest pieces I've come across. I, it says one second. Uh, just, okay. It says demonetization of the poor really suffering. This is by Krishnamurthy Subramanyam and Prasanna Tantri, who are apparently professor at ISB. And I'll just it. like like they have assumed in their model <laughs> that a poor person has no more than four thousand rupees saving. True story. In fact, I'll record her on my mobile phone when I'm coming. There's this flyover, and there's this little girl who's a beggar there who's been hanging around there for the last many years. She says, "Meri mummy ke paas six thousand rupees tha, wo sab bekar ho gaya." So I explained to her, "You can still change it." There's a beggar and a red light, dude. My sweeper has about one lakh rupees cash savings. I don't know which okay. world these guys. No, are. no, 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 no. Sorry. But you see, if your one, sweeper one. has one lakh rupees in cash, then but anyway, he shouldn't really. But that let's not digress. You see, uh, since Piketty's name was mentioned over here, the uh, Piketty was here earlier this year at the JLF, I think. Yeah. And yeah, no, no, and then he hung around in Delhi, hmm. and uh, I think he met the finance minister, he met the prime minister, he met everybody. Hmm. And he sold them a dangerous idea, <coughs> which is that India is one of the most undertaxed countries in the world, and 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 you really need to have more taxes, you really need to screw the middle class till they bleed, and that's the only way you can bring about some amount of parity. Now, I don't know whether they bought into that, but in the budget we had a whole new set of taxes. Uh, I think people like Piketty should be kept away from corridors of power. Because, the, why I'm saying this, an economist can in theory convince any government that this is the right thing to do. An economist does not understand the political consequences of that decision. That's what the politicians there for, Kanchanda. Politicians may want to may want some sort of uh, endorsement by the intelligentsia, the intellectual classes, and thus go along with them, because he's supposed to know better. There's always that temptation. But the political consequences of that, Venezuela is an example. But the, but, but the politicians would know that. But uh, I mean, I'm just guessing. I've read Peketty's book. It was a struggle. I haven't read, and I've read quite a bit. I've read Jagdish Bhagwati's Drivel as well. Uh, in defense of globalization, Why? I think you have to read that book. I mean, uh, uh, he may be a very uh, accomplished guy, but I'll tell you what I thought of his book. 
and and i've read that the other one not bad economics i mean i've poor read economics poor economics i'm just saying i haven't read a book as well researched as piketty's he has put in decades of data from five countries no one has gone into that i may not agree with his policy prescriptions i don't know what they were all i'm saying is that i find it if he has suggested something to the government they have people like big debroy who are the other end of the spectrum it's up to them what they think of the political no, no, no. it's it's it's, I mean, it's just that they, they know, have panigrahi no, kind no, of people I, who I, also are advising them you know no no i'm not i'm not saying that what he thinks or what he believes or what he says they'll swallow him clarence yeah, but i'm just saying that there is always this danger but that danger is equally there with people like panigrahi around i mean, I mean why, why are they any more accomplished than piketty i mean according to me he is one of you know bhagwati's prodigies and i don't think bhagwati economics is... i think is best left to the political leadership because they have the most invested which is why they need suggestions from I, people who I have i would humbly disagree with kanchanda because i i mean according to me and i think that's one of the reasons why i detest politics and i can never be a politician is that according to me if a theory has passed you know in economics is less to say about experimental rigor but in science more so but if a theory has passed experimental rigor and is reproducible to hell with politics go on with it i think the moment you start worrying about politics you uh, you know you kind of it's like uh, uh, you know mofistos uh, you know you have a pact with the devil you're constantly thinking about what is wrong and how i can lose the next election no that's wrong well you make a compromise but you know okay uh, we're going to wind up uh, before that just quickly last email uh, please remember we always suggest something to our viewer a uh, listener this email is from vinod nicholas vinod says hello team news laundry an extremely grateful listener subscriber of news laundry i'm we- writing to tell you how much i appreciate everything you do in an interview jimmy wales the founder of wikipedia was asked about why wikipedia does not have advertising his answer was that no matter how hard you try advertising would change the incentive of the organization i'm conflicted about the crowdsource model yes i do pay to keep news free but i pay mostly because i agree with most of news laundry's content peddling the advertisers agenda is bad but peddling the popular agenda is it any better i do consider news laundry balanced and transparent but i'd like to know what are the incentives that drive the organizations what do you meet to decide if a certain story should be pursued do you think about its impact on subscriptions it's been enjoyed watching news laundry grow and evolve in the last 4 years when i discovered news laundry i used to live in sweden since then i've moved countries changed professions and done some growing and now i live in bangalore i love and hate this country it breaks my heart to see elderly and handicapped people begging and it's my life's mission to do something about it i'm not trying to wrap my head around crowdsource crowdsource business models and also if it's possible i request each of the hafta panelists to recommend one book each but before that um uh, you know uh, i i uh, in fact uh, what you have just said uh, vinod we discussed once that if you just go for hits then we'd only be writing articles about modi and arvind one abusing him and one praising salman khan and salman khan these three people get more traffic than anything else but i think that checks and balances play there's madhu there's anand there's dipanjana there's me and all of us are very different politics so uh, that is why the collective conscience i think keeps us you know it makes sure that we, we don't tow the up line because i'm sympathetic to them and and if anybody has any other views I, i we make sure that that is not traffic is not a metric that is clear when we evolve uh, I, i think it's a great uh, you know little nugget of philosophical questioning you've left kanjana what is your view on what on this whole thing that if advertising agenda driving advertising agenda is not good but if you're crowdsource then you'll only you know pander to what the crowd wants to no no not to. really because i think people who take out who willingly take out a subscription <coughs> they would do it because they 
they would want you to continue to do what you are doing or they endorse what you are doing. But I don't know, I mean, whether crowdsourcing as an idea is a good idea. Advertising is a lot easier. I mean, mm, you, sure. you, you, you spend less effort in trying to raise funds. And Madhu does have a point that if you are comfortable financially, mm. you can do a lot more, a lot, lot more and do stuff which you really should be doing. I mean, okay, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it. Fine, fair enough. Okay, uh, Vinod, thank you for your email. Uh, for those of you who want to read Vinod's entire mail, you can read it in the mail section. My recommendations for books are David Copfield, Dancing Wooly Masters, although it was in the 80s, so much of what it says about quantum physics is no longer true, but read it because it... The Anand and my debate of if there any is there anything as objectivity and unbiased, it answers that question. Which one? Dance? The Dancing Wooly Masters, uh, The Great Gatsby, Catch-22, and M and the Big Whom Economy is the best book written by an Indian ever. Uh, that's yeah, I, I think that was the best interview I ever did in my life. By Jerry. With Jerry Pinto. It was so moving. And visually, it is such a beautiful shoot. That Sanjana yes. took us yeah. across his apartment, nice. the books. The, it was a magical. Ma I thought I was in a in a novel while talking. And I thought to David him. Copfield also. You know, I and can he read was it sweating buckets. He has no air conditioning yeah. because he decided never to change anything. I, I saw the glow in, on everyone's face in that. Interview. He had a towel. I yeah. wasn't sweating as much as he was, but he was really like drenched. Mm. So can I recommend my books? Because I had Please. a very good read this week. Yeah, I read um, Trevor Noah's book, Born in Crime. I finished it in four hours because it's on Kindle mm. and it tells you how, many, how much time you spent reading it. It is one of the most remarkable stories I have read in my life. Excellent. Grew up in violence, poverty beyond belief in South Africa. He's titled it Born in Crime because when the year he was born, it was still illegal for a white person to sleep with a black person. Wow. And any person, baby born of that union was illegal. So he had to be hidden because if as a, what was called colored, because he was not black and he was not white and that has plagued him throughout his life on which part he is when he has to join a group, he had to be hidden. So if he was walking to a park, his mother would get a colored woman who was mixed, like light colored, but not black and not white, to walk with him to pretend to be his mother while she walked and photobombed them from behind. So it, and it's a remarkable story of how he survived and his mother got shot in through her face by um, uh, her husband. You know, it is unbelievable. And you're talking about a chaiwala becoming what he, our prime minister went through, that was a birthday party compared to what Trevor went through to become one of the top He's a host uh, daily, daily show, show hosting now. the Daily Show, which is the biggest thing a comedian can do right now. Kanchanda? So that's one. One second. Oh, one you have there. another? Yeah, and I have um, a couple of articles which I think are worth mentioning, which is uh, f in Washington Post, there's an article called For the New Yellow Journalists, Opportunity Comes in Clicks and Bucks. So that's an interesting piece about how these guys uh, write their pieces, uh, whether they're factually correct or not, they don't care, but they're looking for clicks. And it's a very funny, sort of ironical piece. Then of course, the New Yorker wrote The Failure of Facebook Democracy, mm. uh, which I think a lot of people have read, but it's worth reading. Madhu, any Punjabi novel you would like to? Punjabi <laughs> novel? <laughs> I don't read Punjabi. 
Hmm. But I can recommend a few Punjabi songs if you like. Uh, definitely, I would recommend. Uh, not came out like about five, six years ago. Rabi Gill's Jugni nice. is all always relevant because he's made it uh, of current times where Jugni goes to Punjab and goes to Kashmir and and sings about yeah, very the youth. It's a political song and it is fabulous. So I would recommend. Please put that link. Kanchanda, I would like to recommend a book which I read in, not recently but about a couple of weeks ago. I completed reading it finally. Uh, it's by my friend Sanjeev Sanyal but I'm not mm. plugging it because it's written by him. It's a fascinating history of the Indian Ocean. It's called the Ocean of Churn and if you really want to know what the Indian Ocean is all about, the history of the Indian Ocean, the Countries that have uh, come up along the Indian Ocean coastline and their cultures, their civilizations, their histories. It's a worth, it's really worth reading this book and, and it gives you such deep insight which, and he's not even a historian, hmm. he's a banker. Uh, so I think... So then we have to discount 30% of what he says? No, 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 no. I think, I think it's, I think it's time history was taken away from historians. Uh, I think some, you mentioned about economists being boring writers. <laughs> historians take the cake. Historians take the cake. And, and, and any piece of news, uh, like other than books, just content that you would like to suggest, a column you may have written, uh, read, <laughs> no, 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 not really. I, I, I think this has been a very dull time. And also, too much of everybody becomes an expert on demonetization mm. and you are forced to read it. I, I mean, I really, I'm not, I'm not being snarky. There but are lists now. In fact, Twitter also has demonetization. List. It gives you a, yeah. And you have to read it because it's what's happening. So you need to know. Who also, if you have positions in the market, then you have to kind of adjust your portfolio, you know, depending I on have, I have nothing. Be. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh. I have. <laughs> uh, Manisha. Books, I'll be an elitist and uh, recommend Gora by Rabindranath Tagore. I think it's a really Aye. fabulous book. Uh, Vikram said Suitable Boy, I think, is one of the finest fictions. And his. No, a long time ago. But I, I keep going back to it. I like it. I like Guide also, the book. I think, again, it's a really fabulous book. And uh, Vikram Seth's From Heaven's Lake for great travel writing. In Guide, is that dialogue there? Kal ka lagti thi. <laughs> no, the book is The film just destroyed the book. So can I recommend, add to her list for Vikram Seth, uh, Beastly Tales. It's a, if you're a parent, you really should read it. And Haroom Stories. I used to read that to my kids. Uh, if you're a parent, funny. you read, but if you're apparently not, you can still read and have fun. Are you in the well? Are you in the well? Joke. I'm going to be talking sense now. Anand, your recommendations. You know, but I'll take one minute of your time. And the reason I say that is, is that I'm very forgiving when it comes to reading a book. And I'll tell you why. Because according to, I mean, many people, you know, say, oh, well, you know, book was going well. Mm, it was brilliant, but end may I had to throw it against the wall. You know, uh, it's it's. I think it's probably scientific training because we feel a masterpiece can be a spark that can be encapsulated in a paragraph. Okay, like Watson and Crick, one page paper, which is you know art, Sanger. So like that, when I'm you know when I love a chapter or something, I, I'm very forgiving about the rest of the book. 
having said that, I, I would actually recommend Oov. So I, I would say that I, I, you know, so number one, read everything by Kapuczynski. Number two, everything but then by. But turned out to be a fraud. Mm-hmm. Not really. People have alleged okay. that you know. Uh, that it disappointed me. Okay, uh, but beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Number two, everything by Naipaul. Everything. Everything. Number three, everything by Fowles. And number four, everything by Simon Singh. And uh, actually, when I and P.J. Woodhouse, but I, I would say not everything. Yeah, but Vinod, I felt I see he's such a he's given you library. He's not giving you recommendations. He's sorted for the so next year. Yeah, I mean you know you judge you judge a masterpiece by a collection. So hmm? uh, so it's uh, like Deepanjana, your view. I'm uh, I'm sorry to say that I haven't actually read as many books as I would have liked this year. Uh, thank you, News Laundry, for that. Um, but <laughs> blame um, us for everything. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's been hard to find time. Um, but that said, I would actually recommend that uh, you look up some poetry because you've got some great novel and nonfiction uh, suggestions here. Ted um, Hughes. Uh, yes, look up Ted Hughes. Look up Wislawa Simborska. Look up Rabindranath Tagore. Actually, Rabindar. his lyrics are beautiful. Jibonanondo uh, Dash, if you can get a good translation. Uh, that also. Um, Dr. Seuss, <laughs> great, Fabulous. great stuff. If you can get hold of someone who can actually read the Bengali out to you, then uh, Shukumar Rai, because he is just the most luminous, luminous nonsense poet in literature. Um, there's just so much. I mean, look up Isma Chuktai, look up Manto, uh, read, read as much as you can. And uh, I... I wish you the best with it. That's a great See, uh, now suggestion. This is, this is the Bengali thing. He asked for a book recommendation. She's <laughs> given him the Jeevan ka srot. Ki <laughs> padho, munna, <laughs> padho. Tamil did it first. Ye but karo, bo karo, <laughs> yoga bhi karo. Ka, but uh, gol khao. I, <laughs> I also have a recommendation in terms of an article from the New York Review of Books. And uh, it's called, um, I've forgotten the title of it, but it's by Masha Gessen. And she gives rules for being a journalist in an autocracy. It is superbly written. Masha Gessen spent oh, oh, many there's years. There's one article that reminds me. There's she one spent article. many years while you're finding that. Uh, Masha Gessen spent many years working in the Putin regime and now, of course, lives in America. But uh, solid writing. So please read. And Madhu, you have a recommendation yeah, before I wind there's up? There's in The Atlantic by Andrew Simmons. Uh, he's written an article teaching 1984 in 2016 and he's an American history teacher and he wanted to teach the kids every year he does this class for about a week or 10 days and he makes the school 1984 meaning not the year but George Orwell's 1984 and makes them live this one part becomes the autocratic the clique that keeps everybody down and then the rebels and how everybody is kept down and they live it for that week what a cycle Okay. Okay, we know that. What to make children go through the next so Lord of the Flies? Lucky they are to be free. <laughs> Lord of the Flies also recommended. That's a great book. But we know that. I hope you got enough recommendations. But I would highly recommend you start off Shame by Rashdi because that teaches you the history of Pakistan and it makes you laugh. <coughs> it's too funny. <coughs> okay, now I want to I want to end through uh, the song that I want to dedicate today. Uh, before I uh, end with the song, uh, guys, please send in your comments to contact at newsline.com for any critique or criticism you have, any abuse you have, read on my Twitter timeline, please. I do go through it and I'm hurt secretly. 
I may not show it so you can feel satisfied. By the way, one of the comments on the last hafta was, "Yar sala, ab ye hafta earphones dal ke sunna padta hai." Because of the budget, 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 to the relationship between subhash chander and modi ji okay i we we have these songs at the end of every hafta dada and i take a little chutki at someone the thing is that dr subhash chandra the owner and chairman of z tweeted i was saddened to see our youth smoking drinking wine and dancing in cold play my question do they also know rabinder sangeet rabinder and other cultural rabinder ko people must have trashed him and other cultural people must have trashed him and then he said all those pointing on my typos i wish to humbly tell you that my language isn't as good as yours does it mean i have no right to raise my point oh. then he started saying that people are making fun of him because of my language i'm not sure whether he was talking about the same tweet rabinder because it's not rabinder. language now now i'm just saying rabinder sangeet sounds like very punjabi so i have a punjabi song and because dr chandra chandar what is it subhash chandra chandar is such a fan of mr modi narendra modi subhash chandra and 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 the, the theme of this hafta has been elitism you make fun because he's english hindi punjabi and I, i don't know about modi's chest but his waist definitely is 56 now so this is a song that i goes out from me to dr chandra and modi uh here it is Manisha asking what is that it is oh meri luk te mardi si te main ode luck te marda si luck is waste so basically this is very led this song by ravinder <laughs> by ravinder pasricha whoever it is i don't know and that. note the only two punjabis had their fingers up dancing yes. the so, rest were all sitting so it is so it's 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 basically <laughs> the relationship between chappan and waste Chandra, Rabinder, oh, that whole thing. On that note, uh, Kanchanda, you have anything to say before we wind up? Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> the Prime Minister has lost weight and he's looking good. Okay. He's, All right. We we'll leave you. He's not 56 waist. He's less. We'll see. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Keep writing in. Support News Laundry. Pay to keep news free because on the public page, the public is served, and in corporations, pay corporations is served. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook, and check out our YouTube channel. Goodbye and good luck. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.